Hello, everybody, and welcome to Throwers. I'm joined, as always, with Chris Reynolds. How you doing, Chris? Uh, very well. Uh, I'm here in the studio, actually. I just I, I thought I, I brought the energy last week because Theo was out of the house, and I thought, Do you know what's a good substitute? Chris being out of the house. So I'm uh, sat in my car, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so good. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> love that. Uh, well, why don't you get everyone going with the giveaway update last week we had nothing we revved him up we got to have at least 20 or 30 to sift through now right yeah 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 it's kept me busy it's kept me busy um we had reese come in thick and fast with his grab 20 discs throw them at once um maybe a little bit outside the realm of like how we'd want to set it up but he he went back and he watched on a slow-mo and he realized that at one stage he made nine putts in a row because in one throw nine discs went in um so that was the leader for a while Count it. and then yeah 100 yeah, percent. and then um lo and behold tim Ware steps up um and smoke shows it with a oh i just had it up a second ago i feel like it was a 28 28 putts, 1 minute, 14 seconds. So he still had 45 seconds up his sleeve, but he missed the putt. And, uh, yeah, that's that's taking it down. Big. I love it. Yeah. Nice work, Timmy Ware. We'll have to get that package out to you uh, hopefully this weekend if we see you. Yeah, exactly. And um, and he's got a brand new nickname, which I think is the most exciting thing. So we can all refer to Tim now as Kez. Kez. Ah, excellent. He's getting the Kez jumper. <laughs> he's getting the Kez hoodie. That's part of the pack. Yes, love that. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, we have a ton to get through. Before we launch into some of the official stuff, you've, you made it out on the weekend and played the Inverley Whites, and I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been dying to get down there. Obviously, been seeing all the work Luke Pote's been doing and all the photos, and I said when they obviously had the comp the other day, I'm like, I'm so jealous. I can't wait to get down there, and... Anyway, Monday was a cheeky little work from home day, and I uh, snuck down there with a couple other colleagues, and we all collectively went and worked from home slash Inverley. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it didn't disappoint. The place is gorgeous. Like you drive in, you're seeing you're seeing the work they've done at Whole Tens Basket, um, and away we go. Um, admittedly, um, a U disc and the white course, it's not quite. It's not quite up to speed just yet. I don't think there's a few things that seem to be a little bit off here and there. And I, I was misplaced for a little while. Um, and I, at first round, I hand on heart, I definitely didn't play the correct hole one and I didn't play the correct hole two. Um, and then I got going after that and I was like, oh, it's weird how they had 16 holes with the nice T sign, but just the first two holes didn't have it. That's weird. <laughs> um, and, and then I realized that obviously I didn't play hole one or hole two properly. Whoopsies. Um, so yeah. Yeah, minus two when I with an asterisk um, round one, and and then a minus one when I played it the second time, um, which felt alright. I, I I check you this if you include circle two miss putts. That first round I missed fourteen putts between circle two and circle one. Yeah, just kept on finding. I was just at fifteen meters the whole day, and like I think that often happens to me when I haven't played a course for a little while, or if it's a little bit out of my reach. Like you just don't know the exact disc or the exact line and. Yeah, didn't make a single circle two putt. So a minus two and then a minus one, but the just joint was sexy. Yeah, it's good fun. I definitely encourage anyone to get out there and have a crack at the whites. Uh, yeah, great time. What else did you see when you're on UDIS looking for your, <laughs> your your stats? Did you see anyone else no. who might have played the course recently? 
Yeah. So how that came about was I come home, you know, you know, let the boys know how I went. I was like, yeah, it's a good day out. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm in this Inverley group chat. Um, for some reason, I'm in this Inverley group chat and then the, the chat lights up. Um, and I saw it cause I found a couple of discs. I went, I went swimming and I found a couple of discs. So I had the chat unmuted cause I was trying to hook people up with discs. And then Dylan just drops in there. Oh yeah. Just had a cheeky little round, uh, minus 12. And I'm like, oh, okay, Dylan's Dylan's played the Reds. That's cute. And I was like, oh, no, he's clearly played the Whites. And he was minus 10 after nine holes with 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 two pars. I'm like, are you fucking real life, Dylan? He's so This is gross. bullshit. Yeah. It's so gross. Those, like, so gross. Some of those par fives that he's eagling. Ah, oh, that's they're just really wild. far. They're still really far. I don't care like yeah. they've shortened them. They're still very yeah, yeah. far. Like if you took every tree out and you gave me a lot of attempts, I'm sure I could eagle a couple of them. But I would need zero trees. Yeah, I just need to be able to throw on a straight line between me and the basket. Um, and those eagles might be throw-ins. And he's just doing it. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Yeah, he's wild. I'd love to be on a round with him when he's doing that. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. My colleague shot a... Pl- R- we all know Riley. Riley shot a plus 24. <laughs> Look, you're just throwing him under the bus real quick. <laughs> so, he's averaged two shots better a hole than Riley. <laughs> He's gone 36 shots better. Oh, it's crazy. It's nuts. I, I'm very much excited to see see him back at Nationals. And, uh, yeah, he's still got it. So that'll be very he's exciting. still got it. <laughs> Speaking uh, of Nationals, this yes. isn't on our run sheet necessarily, but am I – I saw a bit of comments on Facebook. Is, is Bainey signed up? Oh, I have not seen that, but – he, yeah, he may or may not have a little bit of extra cash right now, so uh, maybe now uh, he can afford it. That would be spicy news. He is signed up. Uh, hot off the press. Oh, hot off the big. press. He is signed up. Big. Yeah, well, you your chances yeah. just gone out the window. <laughs> yeah, You're I was going to win. Up right until that there. Moment. Yeah, right there just before that. But Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well, that's big news. I, I can't wait to... Uh, we're going to do a big nationals potty in a uh, next weekend. So, uh, or next week is it? Or a couple of weeks for our one? But yeah, that'd be that'd be big news. Yeah. But big news it's huge. this week is the Melton Social Day, and yes. you, you got yourself down to that one. I couldn't make it because I was interstate. What were we looking at? Um, obviously just 18 holes of one of the funner tracks getting around. Um, the, there was a small but dedicated card of four players that played the eight o'clock round, um, including, um, obviously one of the best players of the club, old mate, uh, um, forgotten his name. Chris Ronald? old mate? No, no, no. <laughs> old mate, Marcus, Marcus Velotta. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he played the eight o'clock round. Uh, only squeaked in a minus three mm. um, with just the five birdies. But Ruben, Ruben pulled in a minus nine. Very nice. Um, and so that was that was the score to beat. Um, and yeah, away we went. I got to play in a card with Penn and I want to say Daz and Tim Ware didn't rock up. Oh yeah, that was the other funny thing. Freaking Tim Ware thought it was on Sunday, so Tim Ware didn't rock up. So card of three. And, um, yeah, it was good going. 
Um, Penn, you know, had some good holes. Daz had some good holes. Daz finished with a minus seven. Uh, Penn managed to match Ruben with a minus nine, as did Narada. Big. Um, Narada pulled out a big minus nine as well. So a few boys up and about, but none, none as good as our boy JC. Yeah, how good? Neg 10. That, that's double good. digits. Doesn't matter what track you're at. That's good. Yeah. Bogey free, double digits. Um, takes out the W. Don't don't imagine he's ever taken out a W at League Day before, JC. <laughs> oh, that's stiff. <laughs> <laughs> that's stiff. I was about to be like, nah, surely he has, but I don't know. I'll probably back you in. I don't think he has either, so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. Oh, let's go. Oh, well done, Jacob. That's very exciting. Neg 10. I like that. Mike Vanderlinden there with a neg 8 as well. That's a hot round. How many sub-900 rated golfers do you reckon have shot minus 10s before? <laughs> Not many. Not many. Not, Not many. many. Uh, did I see a photo from you tapping birdie on hole 8? Oh, that was gorgeous. And I, I've chucked it to like five meters um, during the street league as well on hole eight. Nice. So one meter, one meter during the league day, five meters during the street league. Just too easy. Yeah, it's an easy hole. <laughs> Young Alex Evans with a hot round two. Put him at neg five, same as you. Surely that uh, bodes well for him in the handicap results. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, there you Devolve. go. <laughs> Number one with a bullet. Yeah. Very very nicely done there, Alex. Uh, a Kerry Edwards sighting. Haven't seen that name in a minute. Looks like he's played all right. Marcus yeah, short drive down. down. Short drive down from Berlin. Yeah, and yeah, Marcus down there. That's uh, all that power just doing nothing for him in Melton. Yep. We keep scrolling. We see Jeff Brunson, Taron Anderson. Boys, what are you doing above par? And then if we keep scrolling. I mean, like, keep scrolling all the way down. <laughs> we come across Farron Puppy Oil Tugwa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As he's changed his name to plus eight. Oof. Yeah. What's going on? And then nah, that's that, not great. Yeah. Nah. And then the ace man himself, Braden Boyack, with a plus 11. What is happening, guys? Yeah. And they're the two names you'll find on the, uh, the bottom of the handicap. And. Yeah, Marcus has dodged a bullet there because he look at his handicap. He's got a handicap of one point seven five, um, and he's played <laughs> trash at Mel. He's played trash at Melton, but he hasn't played trash as trash as Puppy and Braden. Yeah, that's big, and we've all been waiting for the big street league matchup with Narada and uh, Farron. Farron's been calling him out. This is my next victim. They show up to the social day, and it's just a cool 17-stroke difference. <laughs> Doesn't bode very well for Farron, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> um, so, should we check into that and see how Street League went? Yeah, good segue, good segue. Um, obviously, thin on the ground, like ring-ins, ring-ins galore. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm what I am at captains one, two. Away. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Counting about thirteen ring-ins across the two matchups. Big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did our matchup go? All right. So I I slotted into the number one slot up against Kale, um, and obviously Kale was coming off his you know his big throwers showing. 
uh, sorry, thrallers, his big um, jumbuck showing. And, you know, I put out in the group chat that Aiden's better than me and Kale's better than Aiden, so I'm probably going to get pantsed. Uh, but I'm happy to say it didn't go that way. Um, just, yeah, Kale couldn't get going. I made a few putts and, yeah, on a couple of holes, he let me take it with a par. So that's never getting it done at Melton. So uh, in the end, got him done uh, six up with just four to play. Uh, before we go on, I think Kale might need to send these results over to the crew at the tee-off. I was having to listen to them on the way home from Gambia, and they've had a huge segment about sandbaggers. And <laughs> somehow Kale Davies, who plays twice a year now, uh, has been their number one target for what constitutes a sandbagger. Like, the name was just thrown into the mud, picked up, spat on, thrown back into the mud over and over and over and over again as like just the the number one example of what not to do as a disc golfer. And I felt so bad for the guy. I was like, oh, come on, boys. Uh, but yeah, Cal got a, a genuine shit on. So he needs to send these results to the tee off and just be like, nah, see, look, I'm not actually good. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that was the play. Maybe, maybe that was the that play. Was the play. <laughs> Well, nice um, victory by you. And I see that we had uh, Racine, a celebrity yeah. guest, showing back up. We need to Surely talk about this. Surely he dominates. Yeah. Like, so, obviously, there's not many nicer people in disc golf. Um, Racine is just one of one of the all-times. Haven't got to spend enough time with him. He, he was big on the scene when I was overseas. And I, feel, I really feel like I've missed an opportunity to bond with this gentleman. But anyway, he got he got matched up against Penn, and um, that's hard. I, I it's tried, a hard matchup. Yeah, it's in really hard. I tried to describe to him. I was like, if you could have the leaderboard of like who's played how many rounds at Melton, you would have Penn on the top of that leaderboard, obviously without even a hesitation. But he would of he comfortably played more than double the amount of the guy in second. Like, there's just not a <laughs> not a doubt in my mind that he's played more than that course more than twice as much as the next most, like not even, not even close, maybe even three times. At one stage, Penn put in two rounds a day um, for 15 days straight at this course. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. And Racine never played the course, I'm imagining. Never played the course, rocked up. Mm. He was running late, had to tee off straight away on hole one, didn't make the island. Penn takes the hole and yeah, Jesus Christ, it was a bloodbath. In the end, um, you know, Racine got a couple of birdies just to kind of level holes. Um, but yeah, seven up with freaking just six to play. It was brutal. Penn's just a street league bully. He really is. <laughs> his eight, his eight eighty rating is inflating, inflating his statistics, uh, street league statistics as well. It's worth mentioning because He's just not like he, I don't know, he played like 970 golf that round. Like he's not yeah. an 880 golfer. It's just crazy. Uh, oh, poor Racine. I hope, uh, I hope that um, doesn't put him off. Hopefully we can see some more Racine. Yeah, I know. He did seem a bit dejected. God, it was hard. I, I, mm. I didn't, I, it was hard to watch, you know? You know, like yeah. you're watching a boxer who just doesn't throw in the white flag. It's just like, come on, come on, throw in the Pre white flag. Pre-children Racine was playing more disc golf than anyone, including Penn. So that yeah. would have been a very good matchup. Pre-children <laughs> Racine against Penn. I could get around that one. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so then we um, had Narada and Farron, the big yeah, one. Yeah, it got, it got close. got close in the end. Uh, Narada had a bit of a lead, but then Farron fought right back, and it went down to, obviously, the second-last hole. Um that was happening the car behind me, but it, it, it was there was it was obviously getting tight down the wire. Um, I got to watch him play a couple of holes because we wrapped up so early our card, um, and yeah, Narada got it done. So that's looking good for the two putts at that stage. Big, um, but that's where it ends. Um, Honeyman <laughs> gets it done just over Peter Chu, and um, again. Smart play, smart play by the Honey Badgers. They pull in bloody Aaron Picanti Beans as a ring in, in a doubles matchup, and uh, again it looks like a rating deficiency there. But um, yeah, Aaron Matt is Daniels is too. The one yeah. time that I went and played uh, Melton, I shot a neg two, and Matt shot a neg eight. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, tough matchup there. Very tough against Henry or Heza, as we call him. And um, Taryn Anderson, yeah, couldn't get it done. So, bloody uh, Honey Badgers running away with it. Big. Big. And then uh, the Warriors looking pretty good too. Joel finally made it back out again. And it uh, looks like he had a nice little matchup with Dazza. Joel getting yes. the chocolates by one. Yeah, on the last hole. So, um, yeah, I know, I'm sure Dad's might might be a no-show for the Green Jacket weekend now. He's been done on the 18th hole by me, and now he's just been done on the 18th hole by Joel. <laughs> uh, two, street, two street leagues in a row. So I'm sure that's not sitting too well with him. But um, Joel's up and about, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, nice. And uh, um, Jess got no friends castles, got it done over Chris Scott. Yeah, um, would have liked to have seen a bit of that matchup. I was, as soon as I heard that one read out, I was like, that's going to be juicy because spicy. Uh, yeah, obviously, Chris, we know Chris Scott's a good golfer, but I, I, you know, I've said on the pod that I rate, I rate Castles and he's taking down Chris Scott. So I'm telling you, that Castles can play. Mm, definitely. Now, surely JC was going to run away with it after his minus 10 early round. Um, anyway, apparently that wasn't the case and he got Martin just, um, but you know, if you look at their ratings, they're pretty similar, pretty similar to the, those two golfers. Yeah. To both just the sub 900 guys. So yeah, Jacob, yeah. Got that fluke good round and, uh, yeah. Bad luck, Martin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter um, Barry I'm and Braden Boyack. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Peter Barry and Braden got it done over Jeff and Alex. Alex then, with that hot round too in the morning, just, uh, yeah, I guess couldn't hold out. No. Um, and Carey and Lowe, uh, smoking Chu Chan and Kim. Big. Um, did, did see a sick drive. I only saw like one of their holes together. Uh, Chu knocking the putt. Kim did a sick drive on hole 11, put it to like sec- uh, circle's edge long. Um, and then, um, yeah, Chu knocked in the putt and I was like, oh, sick. That'd be awesome if those two get the win. But anyway... Apparently not. So looking like two pretty pretty clear teams ahead, uh, one and two. Honey Badgers and the Warriors both got four wins. The differentials are out of control. The Honey Badgers still 31 up and next best is eight down. Uh, So just pantsing teams. And then uh, us in third and the Swippy Swipers down there in fourth. And... So the street look should be done now until finals, but I see Daz is trying to revive some sort of special doubles weekend for it. And do you think that has anything to do with the right swipes being in last place? 
<laughs> I I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if it's going to count to points. I I haven't. I don't know what Daz is doing there. Who knows? Um, yeah, who knows? I we all make the finals, don't we? So I feel like yeah, it's all just so redundant. It looks like the matchup for the first round of the finals will be the Honey Badgers versus the Right Swipes, and the Warriors versus Two Patrakua. So, ooh, very exciting. And it, Tupac is in third place over the Warriors in second, but we have 18 wins, and they only have 14. So, this could be a good one. Correct. Could yeah. be a good one. Yeah. No, we've, yeah, we've had the same amount of uh, wins as um, the Badgers. Mm-hmm. We just take some pretty heavy L's. <laughs> yeah. All right, so should we check in the stat Pendo, see if he's got some juicy stuff for us this week? Yeah, of course he does. Of course he's he does. Been, and- he's been putting out the goods for the street league guys now that he's got it all refined, but he, uh, he happily still just given the little the throllers exclusive on a Wednesday night. So thanks there, Pen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to hear the best bits, you got to come to us. So, um, first of all, on the uh, leaderboard, you're going to find. Um, Penn, Allen, and Jason maintaining their one, two, three positions. So Allen and Jace, obviously you guys weren't there. Penn was, but another another W. Um, five wins through his six rounds um, with an 83% win rate. Um, epic stuff. And then you got a few other people uh, that made their way um, into the top 10. So Jess jumped into the top 10. Um, myself and Jacob Cruden all made our way into the top 10 performers, which is pretty exciting. Um, and some players had to make their way, mostly through not being there. For example, um, Ryan Deer. Going through to the notable stats, I just kind of alluded to one accidentally, but um, losing while winning is uh, while winning is the one of the first notable stats, and that's Tupac Shakur has the second highest points gained via matchup wins, winning 18 overall matchups, the same as the Honey Badgers but only in third place due to um, only having the two overall weekly wins. And um, we've gone down in some real close ones. Odds favorite, after 12 uh, team matchups, 10 of the 12 matchups have been won by the team that filled with the highest rated roster. Um, the two exceptions were the Badgers as underdogs twice bested two-part. Um, yep, so thanks for mentioning that, Pen. <laughs> really glad that we uh, have been debunking that stat for you. Uh, mercenaries in round six, nearly 50% of the field were Mercs. Uh, 12 Mercs were hired on a higher versus the 14 Natives. Oh, we're loving this next stat. Eastside snobbery or scheduling clash with eruption. Out of the pool of 40 league members, 32 are required on the day. Only 14 showed up, with another 15 um, were signed up for eruption, leaving 11 unaccounted for. He's done a deep dive here. Big, big. The, ne- the next highest outlier absenteeism occurred at Heathdale, requiring eight mercs. Two parts occur, were only able uh, to fill two native team members with three at eruption. Um, yeah, so we did have a fair chunk of eruption. We've we've got one uh, one on permanent IR as well. What's that? Uh, injured reserve. So oh, yes, jo- uh, Johnny H is on uh, permanent reserve, injured reserve. So we're only down to nine as a team. So yeah, not, not too bad. 
Uh, individual season podiums in singles, pen leads, first place, followed by Chris then Allen. Oh, that's right. We've got some, we've got some new stats. Um, in doubles, Matt leads first place, followed by Jason and John H. Just doing well to appear in top 10 on both singles and doubles. That is huge by Jess. Everyone still has a chance to shoot up the top places if they have a good day at the finals. So he's pulled, he's separated the stats based on whether or not you've played as a doubles team member or played by yourself. Uh, Penn finds himself still on top of the leaderboard, obviously. And then you and me come in two and three on the podium. Big. Big. Let's go. Big. Throllers for the win, boys. Let's go. That is sick. Um, for, you know, above Ryan Deere, above Aiden Howard, way better than those chumps, um, and above Jess Castles and Joel Payton as well. And squeezing just into the top 10, good to see it. 1,000-rated BMX track. He's um, yeah. <laughs> in the top 10. And Matty Buckets Farina is uh, leading the doubles leaderboard with Jason Weeder and John O.H. Um, so good work, Buckets. Nice. Well, Penn looking pretty hot for the overall uh, MVP of the league because he's absolutely destroying people. But the names I'm having a look there that are up on the top, I'm, I'm seeing a bit of a trend. This is just me having a look. I uh, haven't done the deep dive yet, but I imagine that most of the people in that sort of top 10 would have a metrics rating above to well above their PDGA rating. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, I hear you. So uh, I think... I, 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 cur- I currently don't. <laughs> yeah, well, I said my, most. My, my metrics rating's in the bed, yeah. You are uh, breaking the outliers there, but I feel like these are yeah. more like metrics rounds and uh but we're getting ranked on our pdga ratings and i think that is uh, playing into a bit of an advantage you've just given Penn a massive job and i love it yeah <laughs> right <laughs> gotta keep him on his toes he's too organized now i'm not saying Stat we need that info i'm just saying i think it's there yeah no i hear you. i hear you. um i'm just gonna oh, jump across to nice. pen Lo- lose metrics just have a little look 9-11. Yeah, well, that's that's quite above. Yeah. I know mine's above. Mm, interesting to see where Jason Wiener, Jason Cruden, Jess Castles. But anyway, that's uh, that's for another week. We got way too much oh, to move on to. Have a, have a stab at my metrics rating. Your, well, yours be in the tank now. You've just been playing horrendous for the last <laughs> however many weeks. So I reckon you'd be like 9-4-2. 9-3-2. Big, big. <laughs> there you it was go. it was nine seven five less than six months ago. Excellent. Oof. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Tradi- traditional Chris <laughs> Reynolds melt um, <laughs> metrics is much higher than than um, your Peter J. So maybe that's yes. just where that's getting back up to up yeah. date. Nine three um, two. Jesus. All right, should we do? Uh, should we check in with the Melbourne Cup? No, we'll do. We'll go check out the Gambia results first. Yeah, I was going to uh, say we should do Gambia. That uh, buckets Farina was a good segue over to Gambia, I think. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, what an event! Uh, I labelled it Australia's best event, and I think it lived up to the hype. Another, another great shout. The course is looking amazing. The changes they made to the course are. Fantastic. The the new hole the completely new hole fifteen I think is good. I fucked it every single round, which is so frustrating because it's definitely unfuckable, but it's also very fuckable with the OB. 
uh, and I had found a different way each day. So that was nice of me. Uh, <laughs> but the layout change to have the two over the water holes as 17 and 18, it's just stroke of genius and it played big. A big recurring theme throughout the whole weekend was just rounds getting ruined in the last two holes. Uh, Glenn Maisie pretty unhappy with his first round, but in early, watching all the other cards come in and just feeling a little less sad about his round. So, like, feeling bad when they're through 15, but feeling pretty good when they were through 18. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still a bit unconvinced on the requirement for the hazard area in hole 18, as it was brutal. But... The, I will say that the, the biggest part of it that most people going into it were saying is that it's unnecessary because it only really affects the lower players and not the top players. And I can tell you for a fact it affects the top players. They were racking their brains on exactly how to play that hole and big numbers came for a lot of people. So... Uh, for those that have only seen a photo but have maybe been there, am I right in imagining that there was a green that was kind of set up like an island, but you could still go like sidearm off the tee to a, to the fairway. If you threw sidearm, you weren't immediately in hazard, were you? No. So there is a, a left around the bushes around the lake play. You could yep. go sidearm. You can throw a straight mid-range. Lots of people did. Uh, I ca- I tried it a couple times in practice, and you kind of have to th- the throw down. The sidearm's definitely the play if you've got it rather than the straight mid. But because that tee pad's kind of elevated, there are low-hanging trees that extend from out of the OB and canopy over the fairway. And I just wasn't quite getting there. I wasn't quite getting around the corner. I was hitting trees. I was going OB over there. And for mine, it wasn't worth it. My play was to throw something quite stable, flat and hard, over the water, and if I got it right, it goes in. And if I don't, it makes it over the water, but lands in the hazard, and I take a four, and I move on with my life. I saw multiple people make that safe play and do it very well twice. But if you stuff it up, that's when like the five comes into play, the six. And I saw people make it good twice, and then on the third time, or you know, they got first and third, but not the second. If you don't quite nail it and then you stuff up that approach shot and go OB, then that's massive. Um, so, yeah, they bro- it could have broken down into two 70-meter sort of straight shots or a 70-meter forehand and a straight shot. But that was dangerous too. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah very well designed for what it was. I just don't know if it was so necessary to make it so hard, but it killed a lot of people's rounds. But uh, I went four, uh, four, three, four on it, and I, I was pretty happy with that. Honestly, a lot of people took double bogeys multiple times, triple bogeys, big numbers. Cam, uh, we, we a lot of people will know Cam because he comes to a fair few of the Melbourne tournaments. Camille from uh, New South Wales, and he had a pretty good round three until he got to hole eighteen, and he threw five discs in the water. And then the sixth one landed in the hazard, and he took a 14. Oofed. <laughs> yeah. The curse is dead. Yeah, the curse the, is dead. <laughs> the 13er is no longer. We have nah, a new 14er. That, 
that would have been exactly how Maddie did it, but when Maddie's disc finally landed, it would have landed safe, whereas this one is now landed and hasn't, and that's where the extra stroke comes into play. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was brutal, and it just, yeah, for me, it didn't seem worth... I, I, I Last year, I played the safe hyzer into what is now the hazard every single time, and uh, it didn't seem, yeah, worth it. Like, it, it made me want to go for it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, not 100% sold, but a lot more big on it after the event than I was at the start of the event. Yes, yeah, sick. Uh, definitely the layout change was cool, and there was a grandstand there, so you're watching everyone throw when you're done. Awesome. I think it's going to do wonders for the coverage, and it even just from like a live scores perspective, um, hazard or no hazard, like the hazard just meant that like, you really like I just had to keep an eye on the live scores because I was like, well, it doesn't matter that he's seven shots in front. He could throw away fourteen shots in the next two holes. <laughs> yeah, so most of the open players weren't really doing that, but there were big swings. Yeah. There definitely were big swings. Like lots of people weren't making their disc inbounds after one or two. Uh yeah. and then because the island is lo- uh, OB long at the back, people were just trying different stuff like you know, they can't just blast their destroyer across because they'll go OB long. So then that's when they're trying to, like, maybe flip up a fairway driver, and then that's when it's really missing. And, uh, yeah, it got into a lot of people's heads, but, uh, yeah, it, it was good. <laughs> Let's just say that. And, yeah, like yeah, I said, it sure. made the live scores very interesting. Loved it. Mm. So in the MPO, you tipped Bainey. Because uh, he's Indeed. the Australia's best disc golfer, and I said, fuck you, haven't seen you in forever. I'm going with yeah. my man, Austin. And I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, Austin had a good event. Um, but Bainey, I said, Bainey will play 1,000 rated golf, and Bainey played 1,000 rated golf. Yep. And got the win. <laughs> um, yeah, with a couple of, yeah, real juicy, like from all accounts, it was windy round two. Um, and Bainey didn't care. Um, and yeah, bested the next best by seven strokes round two, 1030 rated golf. And then final round 1020, just sick, 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 sick. 1006 event gets the W. Bain's round two is disgusting. Like, uh, clean sheet, definitely the windiest day and, and definitely just windy because it, it was tough conditions. So absurd by him round two and that was it he did that and there wasn't much coming back and uh austin was right there in the mix uh so austin finished plus five uh, minus five he was minus five in round three so he was neg 10 for the event with one hole to play and he missed the island on the first one and you'll see it in the coverage he just like couldn't give a shit now like two seconds later through the next one and then the next one like ends up taking an eight and all the five strokes that he gained on the first how many holes seven oh 17 holes he gave right back on the hole 18 and fell from third into fifth <laughs> it was brutal, brutal to watch yeah uh but yeah dave perry excellent tournament as well Imagine that. The two highest rated players in Australia finished one and two. Dave loves it in Gambia. He was second there last year as well. 
Um, yeah, neg 15, very, very solid. Neg 9, round 3, crazy. Yeah, the course just sets up so well for um, for his style of play, and it's not dissimilar to Bainey's, but just that effortless straight length um, is just, yeah, it's got uh, Perry written all over it. For sure. And then uh, Ryan Hart, young Geelong boy with a neg eight final round, which was massive. Snuck that's himself break- all the way up in, yeah. That's a breakout performance, really. Oh, 100%. Like, we were giving him shit in the tipping that there's no way he beats Ryan Deere because he's been playing shit lately. And Yeah, then... I, I beat him at Ballarat, and I'm trash. Yeah. <laughs> and he had two <laughs> pretty good rounds, round one and two, and then just went berserk in round three. And he had himself in equal fourth until Austin did what he did. And um, Dan Frost gets the birdie on hole 18, and they end up tied for third. So, great event for Ryan. And I think that gave him 750 dollars in vouchers. Cause he oh, they still... vouched it up, did they? Well, I don't know. He's still refusing cash. Uh, I spoke to well, him after because he well, said, he, nah, he, he needs still to, wants to, he play needs to get... Yeah, he needs to get PDJ sorted then because PDJ has him accepting 500 USD. Oh, there you go. Well, maybe he changed his mind. Maybe when, maybe when he found out how much it was, maybe he changed his mind. I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, I had he had told me that he, he planned on not taking it. Yeah. But uh, another great tournament for Aiden Howard. I think so anyway. He finished eighth. He was the last cash, I believe. He took home... Um, yeah, like 300-odd Australian. And, yeah, just played really well. Tough course with a lot of good slingers. Um, yeah, highest, finished, uh, highest finishing eagle. Um, and I mean that because until I see DP at a league day, he's not an eagle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my man, Gareth in ninth, pretty happy with that. Uh, there was meant to be one more person in MPO and top nine would have paid, but... <laughs> Uh, he pulled out pre-event, so he did dick. Oh, and then uh, yeah, Ryan Deere, sort of up and down. Uh, he seemed like he was having a lot of fun though. I ran across him a whole bunch, and I uh, was giving him a fair bit of shit over the weekend, and he was good value. And uh, that Leo Dykes Tim Bohan battle is always good. Um, unfortunately for Tim, he didn't play very well, but. Um, yeah, only two strokes in it. Finally, Leo gets ahead of Timmy B. Or Tenny Bohan, as uh, I might have nicknamed him. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of runs deep, were we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, I definitely was. Uh, yeah, Tim had a very rough round one or two. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, and one. I might have got on his... Round one, and I might have got on his back, but... He had a very good round three with a whole bunch of birdies, so well done to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the last six holes, five down through the last six holes. Yeah. Um, I, ch- I challenge you to find anyone else that's done that across the event. You won't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then over to the FBO, we thought we were going to have a ring-a-ding-ding, but it was all whitewash. Cassie just murdered Sarah Lee from the start. Yeah. And... Yeah, nothing much changed. No. Yeah, we didn't tip it. I mean, I alluded to it. I should have pulled the trigger. Said, nah, Cassie's Cassie's got stuff left in the tank. But anyway, smoke show. Smoke show. 
Yeah, huge. So, well done. 455 US dollars she takes home. Whack. Delicious. Yeah, as good as third in MPO with a field of three. So, they've done well there. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, And then uh, my tip coming in clutch here, Damien Malko getting it done in the MP40s. Yeah, well done. Well done. Uh, mm. was was not my tip. Who did I go for? I went for Costales, didn't I? Costales. Yep. Second place. Not bad. Equal second with uh, Chris Hart. Yes. And then uh, MA1, my boys. So you probably have tip of the week here on this, I think, because <laughs> I asked you where would I finish. Um, I think there was more. I think it was maybe 21 or two people in it when I had asked this question. And I was definitely maybe the 14th ranked <laughs> MA1 player in it. And you backed me in for top eight. And I said, I zero chance. I rattled off a whole bunch of names of people that I've never beaten before. And, well, I knocked a few of them off. You comfortably did. Uh, yeah, I had a. I was not unhappy with my first round. I was, played uh, a little bit above my rating. Uh, nothing special, but was okay. Same with round two. And then uh, round three was starting with more of the same. Hole one and two are very tough for me for some, whatever. Well, hole two is tough for everyone. Hole hole one is tough for me for whatever reason. I reckon I bogeyed it every single time last year too when it was hole eight. Um, But yeah, bogeyed hole one every single time. Get to round three, I go bogey, bogey, start. I'm like, yep, sweet. And... uh, (laughs) Hole three, which is a bit of a big boy hole. Uh, I'd been thrown pretty far this weekend, and I thought, you know what, stuff it. Put the FD away, I grabbed the destroyer, and I had a big boy throw, and then a big boy second throw, and then a big boy putt. All of a sudden, I got a a birdie on a big boy hole, and then that's when we start entering the softer part of the course, and I just went whack, six birdies in a row. Unreal. (laughs) Could you believe it? No, no, we couldn't. I oh, know I couldn't. When I was lining up my third one, I was like, well, I've definitely never gotten three birdies in a row in a tournament before. <laughs> and then the fourth came, and then the fifth came, and the sixth came. I got that par five. I got, yeah, I was just on one. Nothing crazy. Like I said, that's the softer part of the course. I reckon you probably would have birdied all of those holes, except for maybe hole three. Uh, but yeah, you just don't get them all in a row like that. No. So I end up missing it on the end in the streak on the shortest hole of the course. Just overshot it. Uh, and then, yeah, a bunch of pars in the end. Birdied the, the over-the-water par five again. Just to absolute tap-in birdie. Uh, took my planned bogey on hole 18 and 300 round. Thanks for playing. 974 round. Which, uh, or 973, sorry, which Darren pointed out is my highest rated round, which is a little bit sad, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm surely at a couple, you know, at Ballarat or something that are higher than that, but no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll, yeah, stoked. Definitely done some stuff I've never done before and probably will never do again. Six birdies in a row at a, at a big tournament. Uh, yeah, made the trip worth it just for that. Do you reckon the Mohawk uh, played a played a role? It, well, it would have to. I'm going to die again for, in uh, nationals. Yeah, Ooh. I can't. Ooh. You know what I mean. I can't let that slide. But yeah, the purple Mohawk 
uh, must have played. Yeah, I reckon. But, uh, yeah, a great event for me. I was very happy with Solo 4th. But, yeah, absolutely nowhere near our leader, Thomas Roden, who finished Neg 4 for the weekend. Um, yeah, just an amazing round one. That's all he really needed to do. 9-8, nine, 9 rated round one for him. And just held out for the rest of the weekend. And no one could come close to to catching him. So, well done, Rhodes. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I do have one nice little stat here for the MA1 field I looked up. Um, interestingly, there was only one competitor for the whole MA1 field for the weekend that didn't take a double bogey at all, triple or anything like that. Okay. Uh, let me find his name. It was... Oh, Alan Brunsting. <laughs> the only one. And I had a quick look just before. Uh, everyone else actually took at least two for the weekend. And uh, zero for me. So, let's go. There you go. Mr. Consistency. He is Mr. back, Consistency. Baby. Just getting it done. I was pretty chuffed with that. There was a couple where I should have, but I hit some good parts. So, um, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> just is trying epic. to get these, these little good ones in while I can, but... Yeah, there was plenty of plenty of holes to take big numbers, and I managed to avoid that, so I was pretty happy. But yeah, my tip, uh, Hayden McPherson came into third. Who was uh, who was your tip? You had Haim as well. No, no, I had uh, Cameron da- Cameron Davies came in tenth. Oh, okay, yeah, no good, no good, <laughs> no good at all. <laughs> um, and yeah, Glenn Maisie, not his event. He, no. uh, yeah, not so good. No. Uh, what about the FA one? Who'd you take in that? I had Georgia Carroll. <sighs> Big. That's her third one in a row over Emma. Yep. So um, I always keep pretty close eye on that. Well, so you and I both keep pretty close eye on that one. And if you've got this, the hole scores up, look at round three and look at the last five holes. Yeah, charging. Yeah, so Emma down a million with like five or six to go. Yeah. And then uh, she actually messaged me after and she said, she turned to herself and she's like, fuck it, I need to go here. And took a whole bunch of pars. And Georgia took a whole bunch of bogeys and double bogeys. And it comes down to the 18th hole and Georgia had fucked her shot up. Her uh, They went the left play and she'd messed her shot up. And Emma's like, here we go, I'm gold. I've just got to just put my up shot into that circle and get myself a three or even a four could maybe get it done for me here uh and she just blew it sorted off a little bit went into the ob couldn't complete the comeback but she says that this little rivalry she's got with georgia is really spurring her on and uh yeah she wants to get her playing some of her best golf and if you look at the ratings both those ladies played well above their ratings yeah they did i saw that as well yeah uh, awesome to see that they're spurring each other on. Yeah, that is excellent. Uh, MA40, who'd you have? Uh, MA40, I, I would have had my boy JC. Yeah, of course. Anyone who didn't was was a maniac. Led from start to finish, too easy. Yeah, too easy. Yeah, that was yeah that was written in the stars. Uh, FA40, I went Sue Donnelly. Uh, me too, I think. So we got let down there just by one, though. Pretty epic event for uh, Margaret Trail, who I have no idea who that is. 
Yeah. So that's why I know I didn't tip her. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, by a stroke. Uh, yeah, definitely had Sue. Uh, and did we both take? Did we both take Johnny Cranny? Or, you, no. or did you? No, you went out. You I went, went with Nick Hall. Yeah. I went with Nick Hall, and he blew it. Four strokes lost on the final uh, the final round. So he had a pretty pretty good lead. Three strokes after round one. Cranny brought it back to even on round two. And then, uh, yeah, my guy just threw it away in round three. So Cranny stayed consistent, and my guy went worse and then worse. So uh, well done, Cranny. Should have never doubted ya. What a jet. Yeah, that's a good win. That is a good win. Mm. And uh, Michael Cancy, you're, you you said he was a bit of a sneaky. He got in there in the third. So. Yes, I did. Right. Um, MA2, I went for the adopted eagle in Austin. He came in T5. Do you remember who you went with? Uh, I can tell you it wasn't Charlie Buffin. Yeah. I can definitely tell you that. Uh, I know I went with Ashley Gabe, and I wish I lied and said I didn't, because he got smoked. <laughs> he he got smoked. absolutely smoked. I remember now. He had some good things to say about Ashley. He struggled. From the get-go. Didn't even beat his brother, who he always beats. Always beats his brother. But no, he got smoked by absolutely everyone, so you're dead to me, Ash Gabe. Um, I ran into the this Charlie Buffin guy getting around in a bright red bucket hat. Um, and very, very good event from him. Very consistent across the board. So, uh, yeah, nicely done. Uh, but no one really cares about that. All we really care about is our captain, Sam Barnett, dead to the world, no chance, and then shoots a neg for 981 rated final round. How wild. What a jet. <laughs> How wild. With a birdie on 18. Yeah, so good. Just shooting his way up the leaderboard. Um, awesome to see. So, well done, Sammy. And uh, absolutely smoked the other Sam. <laughs> Big Sam Stoyer. <laughs> he did, he did. <laughs> uh, but, nah, that was very, very cool to see. That's so good. That, that had to have been the best MA2 round for the weekend. It would have been the best oh, MA1 yeah. round for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, one of the best scores of the whole weekend. So, amazing work there, Sam. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Austin played pretty well too. Um, I don't think Stoyer was too bad. I thought he played all right. He, I know he was very disappointed, but uh, he played, yeah, about his rating, I would, I'd imagine, and wasn't too bad. Yeah. Carl yeah. Uh, Herbertson down the bottom of the field, though. Come on, Carl. Going on, mate. Yeah, he's obviously uh, yeah, just thinking about park media, park media things. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Yeah. Uh, FA two. I doubt we had this winner either because we both would have backed in Anita. We did, yeah. But um, yeah, no good. That's a few in a row now. Losses for her. So uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put her put her in the dumps until she can fire up. Yeah, I think so. And how's uh, Janet? Just one stroke behind Anita as well. Playing great. I noticed that. Yeah. Very, very good event there for Janet. Three and, uh, rounds above rating. Weekend away without the uh, weatherman himself as well. I, I, I think Doug Doug stayed back here. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. good on her to get away. Yeah, that's awesome. 
<laughs> MA3, we got rolled again. We're picking a lot of seconds here. Yeah, I went for the strong, I went with the wrong hyphenated name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you and I both went for Andrew Young Jackaway, and he had a great event, but um, yeah, not good enough. So, uh, no idea who Fraser Town O'Morty is, but not bad. Plus yeah. 15. Yeah, exactly. Um, and street League on Mitch Evers. Um, T4th, we kind of, we put a rocket up him. He said he's going to struggle in this field uh, to play below his rating and win. And he didn't play below his rating. He played above. No. And, uh, three rounds. All three rounds above rating. Yeah, good work, Mitch. But uh, still only good enough for a T4th. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what do we got? And uh, MA four. I was so you, close. You here. jag yourself another second. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty stoked with that. A non-rated, <laughs> just just shot in the dark. That was just pure luck. But uh, that's a good. That's a good. I was pretty happy with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so none of us were smart enough to get on Lee Joy. Uh, pretty handy winner there. And uh, my man, William Brennan, in fourth. So I'll take that. That's not, not bad. We got a second and a fourth in MA4. That's yeah. pretty good. That could have been anything. Exactly. That's not bad going. <laughs> uh, second again, FA4. We both got on Tanya Clark. No good. Bonnie Opitz. Uh, Bonnie Opitz, sorry. Too strong. Three strokes better. Yeah. And MJ15. We said it from the start. Henry, too good. And hopefully Don Carter could do enough to to shake it up. And after round one, I thought we had a red hot battle on our hands. So Don Carter shot a 934 rated plus three round one, which was incredible. I was so impressed. And two strokes ahead of Henry. But it all went away after that for Don. <laughs> yeah. He fell off really, really hard. Uh, <laughs> the wind must have killed him in round two, and then round three, I don't know. It was a beautiful day, round three, so I don't know what I got from him there. <laughs> but Henry's Henry's so good. For this little kid, he's still 12. We caught up with him. He's still actually 12 years old. Uh, he shot a plus eight for the weekend. Amazing. I know one, other jet, he, go- I know one other jet golfer that shot plus eight for the weekend. Yeah, well, <laughs> after his third round, I was I was sitting at plus eleven, and I was like six. So I got to shoot a neg four just to beat Henry. <laughs> like this is shit. Like I'm definitely gonna lose the Henry, uh, which is always a big motivator for me to play as well or beat him. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I got the two bogeys and the six birdies, and I was like, oh, I'm at neg four here. <laughs> I'm actually I might not be a chance here to beat Henry, but. Uh, pretty stoked to tie with him, honestly. Like, very, very good event. Um, and he also got seven birdies in one round, which I just thought was out of control until I did it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he was neg five leading into hole through sixteen holes, and then he took a plus five over the next two uh, to give it away, which is wild. Like the kid's got the ceiling on this kid is massive. And he just keeps growing. Like, he's a foot taller than he was last time I saw him. So, yeah, this might be the last tournament I, uh, I'm i hanging with him. Yeah. Uh, and then Jessica Holman, too good in the FJ15, which we knew that. 
Yes, we did. She's uh, she's very good. <laughs> uh, all right, so we did some... T- oh, actually, sorry. Just before, there was another stat I saw that I wanted to get to. Um, I was having a look through the MPO field, and one thing I did notice is that none of them were able to string six birdies together at any one stage. Uh, but if you go into the <laughs> MA1 and have a look at my score, I did. <laughs> Just got a crowbar him in where I can. Did you get a mention uh, on the uh, tee-off segment? M- no, nah, no way. For uh, what? Oh, for me and Sam Beckham. They must have nah. just missed you. They must have just forgot about you. Yeah. Uh, must have. <laughs> uh, all right. Where are our tips? Uh, I was pretty happy with my tips after round one. I have, uh, had Gareth and Clayton Beck, and uh, they were looking hot early, but Clayton went one way, and it was the wrong way. So I think I ended up with a plus one for the weekend. Last one for Still, the weekend. That's got to be pretty good. Yeah. All right. I don't even know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do quick maths on where I finish. What Austin sh- killed me, because um, he only finished minus five, even though he was way lower than that. <laughs> it was a, about to be minus ten. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> in the whole, he bogeyed the whole before that. He was so he was a minus eleven with two to yeah, play. Yeah. True. Um, and then Alex Castales went plus ten. So with two holes to play, I was also I was on minus one. <laughs> But anyway, I, I finished plus five, um, but none of that even matters because, buddy, Tim Stevenson, um, the import himself, tipped Aiden Howard and Ryan Hart, who went minus three and minus eight for a combined minus 11. So uh, Tim's... Way too good. Yeah, that's that's a just absolute shellacking. We've been pretty good at this thing normally, but uh, Tim Stevenson is taking scalps there. Yeah, for sure. If Ryan Hart played how he played against you in Ballarat, we would have definitely won. But yeah. he uh, he did his best Dave Perry impression, and it came out pretty good. Yeah. So, and, yeah, we well already done, mentioned Tim that Stevenson. Aiden played well. Yeah, so Timmy, well done. Mm. Uh, so one thing before we leave Gambia, I had, uh, I had a bit of an idea, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Right. So... This happened last year at Gambia. It happens at a lot of tournaments where the wind picks up throughout the day. And then the MA1 and then especially the MPO players have a big sook about how like the MA2 players are like, oh, you know, well, I shot this and da da da. And you're like, yeah, well, you were playing in calm conditions or the, you know, the MA3s and the juniors and the da da da. Yeah. Uh, so I have a bit of a thought on how to combat this so all you need to do is decide that those earlier tee times are playing a different course and the course doesn't need to change in any way at all at crater lakes potentially removing the hazard would be an option but not even a necessary one all you would do is when you make the pdj event and you've made your course you just go duplicate and you just call it uh, eruption uh, layout round one, or like um, AMs or lower divisions. Yeah. Whatever you want. And everyone can still play the same course, but all those earlier times that are assigned to this course, all of their ratings would be based on only them playing that. And then for everyone else, 
would be playing the normal course and all of the ratings would only be based on that group of people. And I think that that alleviates that discrepancy when you have potentially lower rated players playing in better conditions than the higher rated players. What do you think? Um, cool. Comment without notice. So I can't give you any real succinct thoughts, but what I'll say is this. Am I right in saying that when you watch ratings trickle in and you watch some of the MA4 rated rounds and some of the MA3 rated rounds, do they not climb throughout the day? Potentially, they can. Yeah. I feel like... They definitely can. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like that's great for the upper pool. I feel like it potentially hurts the lower pool. Um, just with well, the way... potentially, because it could, it could drop too. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. The weather, I don't know. Like, if, if the weather goes worse the other way and the MPO guys don't play very well, that's good yeah. for the MA4 guys. Yeah, but is it not science that wind... Like, if it's just like a regular day, I think wind just picks up throughout the day. Like, that's just how the world works. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think it... Like, I think this would sort of alleviate that difference. Yeah. I I like it, but I know if I was MA3, I wouldn't. Because I my rating gets inflated. Not inflated, but my MA3 rating it is what it is at a big event like that because the MPO guys got to play in tougher conditions. Um, so, um, like, and I, I think it was it like, yeah, a couple of, if you look at some of those lower divisions, a lot of people played above their rating and that's because of what you're describing. So I'm all for it because it drags the MPO rating down. It's like Bainey's 1030 from all accounts was 1050 golf. Um, mm, but it's not 1050 gross. golf because uh, some MA2 players and MA3 players got to play in much easier conditions. Mm, well, then this will just help make Australia's ratings more accurate. So yes. I'm doing the country's uh, service here. I, I like it. I, I like mm. it. I did hear, speaking I of want... ratings, I did hear on another podcast. It's a lesser-known podcast. It's called Tour Life. It's got a couple of guys, Paul, uh, I don't know, like Ulla Barry or something like that, and um, Brody Smith. Or it might be Brody Smythe. I'm not sure. But anyway, on this podcast, I think it's Smythe. they were talking about ratings and Paul come out and said that um, he reckons pros are more likely to play a um, a non-sanctioned like C-tier, non-sanctioned than they are a sanctioned C-tier um, because um, like ratings get smashed and then they talked about this like tipping point and it's actually like if you're a 10, it's much harder to shoot uh, like it's harder for a 1030 rated golfer to perform. But if you're like a 1010 rated golfer who's on tour on the pro tour, you go play, you're more likely to play a C tier because you'll smoke like 1010 golf on the pro tour is way better than 1010 golf off tour. But 1030 golf's 1030 golf, and you'll come up against a 980 player who just is a local and will smash you. It's a very interesting conversation. Mm, yeah, well, I can get around that because if yeah. I go play the Stony League day, I just get murdered. Yeah. And it's fine for you because you shoot 10 down minimum every time. But if I go 8 and a 2 and a 6 
are getting rolled, getting absolutely rolled. Yeah. So yeah, I can I, I can understand that. Uh, all right, so back to the local Melbourne stuff. We had the Melbourne Cup, and this year it was a flex start metrics event, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. Yeah. And could possibly end up being the way of the future for how our social days work if we just keep getting climbing, climbing numbers. Exactly. Um, I'm not sure how it went because neither you or I had a go at it. I slept most of the day and watched the NBA. But, um, but yeah, a few people turned out and a few people played pretty damn good. So Aiden's still good at disc golf, even on a Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> comes in and shoots a, a neg 10. So, very good. Double eagle. Bang. Daza right behind him on a seven. And uh, Narada still kicking Farron's ass. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Farron looks like neg three and then quit after 14 holes. Oofed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did not complete the last four. Not sure of the story there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Timmy Ware getting it done in Div B. So, just winning all over the weekend, Timmy. Yes, correct. Uh, and uh, and Janet, uh, she did not have a rest day. Straight back from a rupture and straight back into it and takes out Div C. Big. Big, big. Great round there, Janet. Uh, mm, pretty comfortable. But it was happening at multiple locations over the weekend. Mm, uh, yeah, I saw they were doing a Melton thing as well. Yeah, so Melton had the same yeah same setup. And uh, Mark Hardy takes down Div A over there. Big, neg 10 as well. Yeah. Yeah, neg 10's good no matter what track you're playing. Yep. So, well done. Yep. Matched, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was probably bummed he couldn't make the uh, social day in the subsequent street league. But he uh, just letting JC know that uh, Melton's my track. Get off my minus 12. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing we didn't touch on is no one aced at Melton. Oh, I know. So, Eight hundred something dollars, I think, is up for grabs this weekend. No, I think it's over nine hundred now. There you go, ridiculous. So, oof, spicy. That's going to be a spicy little hole ten ace there for me. Yeah, where where <laughs> are we? What have we got going on this weekend? Paul Hill, uh, I've it? got nothing going on, but yeah, yeah, Bald Hill. Sorry, got a mate's yeah. wedding on Saturday, but I should be able to front up for uh, Bald Hill on a Sunday. I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm just chucking in a cheeky registration as we speak. <laughs> it'll be a late one for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. It'll, uh, probably, it'll be a no-show for me, but I'll just register anyway because $900 no is $900. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so from the Melbourne Cup to the Caulfield course. <laughs> yeah. So they put in a little four-basket course at Caulfield Racecourse. You hear about this? I've I've seen I've heard rumors. I'm so confused. Yeah. So the club just went. Apparently, the Caulfield Racecourse. You can just go there and who, check it who, out. Who when, knew? When I I, I surely didn't. Uh, but yeah, apparently, when they're not running races, you can just show up. It's like a dog park and a, a park and a whatever. Not I think not the actual track, but the middle and the surrounding bits. Um, yeah. So you can just head on over there. It's on U-Disc, I believe. And there's four baskets, and I think they've got eight T-pads for them. So have not been, have not heard much about it. But, yeah, new course. Go check it out. 
Yeah, and is there like epic water hazard situation going on? No idea. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a map and like a bunch of the holes play over water. Sick. Yeah. Could be Australia's best new course. It could be Australia's best new course. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. Um, all right. So normally now we would do the player radar, but massive episode. So we'll, it takes up too much time. We'll move on. Um, I think, who do we want? Next week we'll get either Ryan Deer or Leo Dykes. Yeah. 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 Um, just send in, send in. Who finished? Ryan Deer finished higher, yeah. but just I was just going to say, send in votes for both. If you play, you play with either of those guys, and basically we want we want Young Buck sending in his rates for Leo, and we want Leo sending in his rating for Ryan. That's mostly yeah, what we want. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll do a two for one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They were uh, they were pretty funny. I ran into them a fair bit over the weekend, and um, yeah, they they're good value. Those two. Uh, apparently Aiden was saying that Ryan just wouldn't shut the fuck up back at the house. He's like, oh, I definitely should have shot like next 16 today. Like if I had just done this and this and this and like, and I'm like, he genuinely believes it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, they were good value and we had a massive backup on the final hole and, uh, I was talking a bit of shit with them and Leo put it over the water to about eight meters and fucked the putt. And then Ryan was ne- next group, and he put it over the water to the exact same spot. And I was like, mate, that's right where Leo missed from. You'll have to hit the putt, turn around, and just give him a look like, yes, I am better than you. And he fucked the putt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Uh, now nah, sounds good. Yeah, Leo and Ryan, we'll do a double. Hit him up. Hit us up. Yes, please. Uh, all right, spotlight, not light. Let's get this done. Uh, yep, I, I, yep, I got one. Nice. Uh, what's your spotlight? Um, my spotlight is look. It's a random tangent, but I just need to say it, and I, I hopefully this stri- strikes a chord <laughs> with a couple of listeners. I, I know it's not going to strike one with you, but my spotlight just has to go to Glenn Maxwell. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even even I'm aware of this. Yeah. yeah. This is outrageous. That was seven for 90, needing 290 runs to win. Um, and Maxwell just piles on 201 runs, most runs ever um, at a World Cup, most runs ever by an Australian in a one-day game, just record after record. And if you haven't seen the highlights, you have to watch it. Like, they're playing in 100% humidity. Um he, you know, he's clearly been on the Terps for about two weeks, hence why he fell off a golf cart drunk. Um, and the man, <laughs> the man is cramping, um, just like you will not believe. The cramp situation is just outrageous. But just, just single-handed performance, win off his own bat, uh, just unbelievable. I just watched a highlight package before we started recording, so he gets my spotlight. Big, I like that. Yeah. Um. Mine has to go to, I think, Sam Barnett. We touched on him, but what a round. So good. That uh, final round at Eruption was elite. Kept it pretty clean. Two bogeys. Got himself six birdies. Uh, neg four. Amazing. 980-something. Shot right up from, where was he, in uh, round two. Um, Sam Barnett, 16th in round two, and he finishes the event in third. That's how good the round was. Um, yeah, 
incredible. Well done, mate. Uh, you got a not light? Uh, I do. My not light needs to go to whatever flogs um, got around the Melton track and uh, damaged a couple of the baskets. Um, you know, they won't be listening, but unfortunately, um, a couple of numpties have, you know, deliberately vandaled basket five and basket eight at the course. I think Melton Council will be onto it, and I'm sure they'll get it fixed, but... Um, just, I know, just, you know, people, fun killers. Um, very, very disappointing to see. They are my not lights this week. Mm, fair enough. Um, mine, looking back at the eruption, I have to look at the MPO field. I've got to look at hole 18. The last throw, it's meant to be your last drive of the tournament, but for Austin and for... Atticus and for Nathan Parrish and for Blake Nichols, it was not. It was wasn't their last. It wasn't their second last. For each run of them, it was at least their third or fourth last drive of the event. Um, big Austin eight, uh, Atticus six, Nathan Parrish nine, Blake Nichols eleven. That is not how you finish your tournament. I know it's insult to injury here, but. Um, yeah, I got to give a big fat not lie to that. Sorry, guys. Blake Nichols was under the card before that hole. Yeah. And then, and then finishes the round plus seven. Yeah, not good. Jesus Christ. Not, not, yeah, not good. Uh, it was bad. They were all bad, too. All the ones that I saw, they were just bad, really bad shots. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Nah, fair enough. Uh, cool. All right, well, uh, yeah, next week we'll have um, good old double player radar, and I think we'll have a good look at the ra- the week one nationals, right? You're calling it chump nationals? What are we that calling would- it? Ch- oh, sure, chump nationals. <laughs> Has to be. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out.